The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Barca Blogarnas podcast. My name is Josh. I am joined by my co-host, Renato. Renato, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, we're doing much better than Barcelona once again this week. Uh, another fun, uh, drama-filled week for a club that is in the midst of its uh, most probably tumultuous period of uh, internally caused drama in recent years, um, as well as uh, an incredibly important part of the season, just to uh, to kind of bundle that all together. So first, we, we do have a little bit of, you know, by the time we post this, it'll be a few hours old, but some uh, some newer news. Uh, Barcelona have signed Martin Braithwaite. Braithwaite White, I, I, I tried before. Oh well, oh for one. Um, he was he's a Danish international player from I think Leganes. Is that correct? Yeah, Leganes. Um, this is a bit of an interesting move. Uh, I think we kind of saw over the last you know couple weeks Barcelona trotted out a bunch of different options internally. Uh, some of those leaked, and uh, this was the move that comes on February twentieth. So, what are your thoughts on this? Um. <clears throat> It makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense. Um, it makes sense because um, he's an international player. He's got experience. Uh, and he's not a bad player by any means. I, I was a lot angry uh, about this when I first learned about it, when the reports got real and it looked like we were going to sign him. I was like, this is crazy. He's, he, he's terrible. And he's actually not terrible. He's a decent player. He's only going to play a few La Liga matches to rest Messi and uh, and Griezmann. So it kind of makes sense. He's a little bit of a complete player if you look at his as a, at his profile. He's a decent passer, a decent goal scorer. He makes a lot of good runs. He defends really well. He he's hungry. Uh, we pr- Barca press high, so it's good to have a player like him. It's kind of He's kind of similar to Luis Suarez um, in terms of his work work rate, but not very good in in not very good in comparison to Suarez in everything else. But he's a decent option, so that's why it makes sense. And it's just to make up the numbers, really. So we had to sign someone. I would have rather had signed uh, Unhill from Hitafe, especially after the goal he scored against us. Um, but I don't think. Hetafo would never let him go uh, to a, a direct rival in the Champions League race. Um, so I didn't think that was ever going to happen as excited as I was about it. But it makes sense to have him uh, because if, if uh, for example, I think Antoine Griezmann has had a very solid season uh, for Barca because of everything else he does, not just the goals. And he's got eight goals. Uh, eight goals for Barcelona. Um, 
Braithwaite has six goals for Leganes, a team infinitely worse than Barcelona, and he works as hard as Griezmann does. So he's not going to offer the same quality, but he's offered similar numbers, and he works just as hard. So it might be a good option. But on the other hand, we paid 18 million euros. Yeah, and it's a, never... I think it's a four-and-a-half-year deal, and I read they set his release clause to $300 million. So this, like, yeah. it, it feels bigger than it is. Yeah, those details don't don't really count. It's like an NFL contract that it's a four-year contract. But yeah. It's really just a one-year contract. That's it. Those numbers really don't matter. They're, they're just for show, really. Um, I think... It's important to to the the main thing really is that we can recover the money. Nobody's going to pay eighteen million for him. And I, I, ironically, as you <clears throat> excuse me, as you say that comment about it being like an NFL contract, um, uh, we wrote an article on the site talking about that there was a sport report that Barcelona were already considering how to offload him in the summer if things don't go well. Yeah, uh, but that uh, th- that makes sense really. I don't think it's it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, like I said, he knows he's a six-month, uh, not even six-month, he's a five-month deal because we're in late February. Uh, actually, four months because the season ends in, in, in June. So he knows his, that's it for him. His year to the end of the season. Um, and he has a very good agent. Clearly, he's playing for Barcelona. Um, but he has a very good agent with very good contacts around Europe, and he's an international player, so someone's going to want to sign him in the summer, especially because he just played for Barcelona. So if it's a smaller team, it's going to raise that team's profile. Hey, we signed a Barcelona player in the summer. Like that, That is an attractive proposition for a lot of teams um, around Europe. So it's... I think it's going to be easy to sell them, but it's going to be impossible to recover even half of the 18 million. So that's why it doesn't make sense to price. But the player isn't necessarily a bad player by any means. So I don't think it's overall, it's a bad signing because of the price, but we haven't seen play yet. And he's a good enough player to make it, if not worth it, but at least not as bad as it seems. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. So now onto the good stuff, the stuff that you were built for. Uh, to talk about <laughs> Barcelona, reportedly, um, there was a, a pretty big expose came out that kind of presented some evidence that Barcelona internally paid for some negative social media posts through an agency um, about some of their own players. Allegedly, allegedly, That's, right? Like, it, it was it, it was only a report. That. Yes, only a report. Improved yet? Yep. Uh, there has been some some internet sleuthing and some. Yeah. Uh, some slight evidence has been presented again um, until you have an actual money trail or someone admits it, you're never actually going to have a hundred percent on this, but it is uh, it's very, it's, it's suspicious and weird. Um, Barcelona's president of course came out and denied it, uh, then met with all the players and apparently they were still kind of uneasy about the whole thing after the meeting. What are your thoughts on this? Because this is, this is just kind of just piling on top of all the drama that's happened to Barcelona in 2020, and uh, it doesn't look good. Yeah, it looks terrible. I mean, <clears throat> and again, it's all alleged. Uh, we have absolutely no proof. Uh, there's solid reporting on this from very solid um, 
journalists in Catalonia who covered Barcelona and have very good sources in and around the club. So it's believable for sure, but we can't say that it's actually happening because it's nothing's been proved and the president is denying. So uh, just so on the safe side on that, um, but if if it comes to be true, and, and the thing that really makes me uneasy about it is that he he doesn't admit to the full what the allegations are, but he admits that he hired the firm. And that's a problem. Like if you, like if you admit that you hired them and it's been proven now that uh, that company then created, uh, allegedly created social media accounts to attack people that are against you. Uh, and even though you deny you didn't hire them to do that, you still hire them to do analytics. It's, it just smells really bad, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And, uh, and, and to kind of pile on top of that, right? Like, so if this company, you know, 13 Ventures, I think is their name. Um, so like they were hired by Barcelona. They're kind of a vendor, right? And when you have a vendor, you occasionally meet with them. And obviously the president himself wasn't meeting with them, but there are people within Barcelona that were probably occasionally having touch points with this company. Uh, you'd think that um, this company owns this site you think that would potentially come up in one of the meetings. Um, and it's a little strange that this had to be pointed out by reporters that this was happening and that this link was taking place and that someone at Barcelona, if, if they had no idea that this was happening, that someone within the club didn't, you know, voice this like, Hey guys, you work for us. Why is this happening? Um, it seems like there are too many leaps of faith. And again, this is all alleged, whatever, but like the, there are too many leaps of faith for me to believe that this isn't somewhat um, linked together. Yeah, it's just, um, it's annoying really. Uh, and it's something that you just didn't want to, to see happening. Uh, this was supposed to be a quiet week, a week of training, week of preparation. We got a Champions League game and El Clasico next week. Like, it's the biggest part of the season. It's the biggest week of the season for us. Our future in two competitions, the only two competitions we still play, is going to be decided next week. So this was all about the buildup to that. This was all about, hey, what? how are we going to play against A-Bar? Are we... Is, is Kike going to be able to improve this team? Because he had two full weeks of training last week before the Hitafe game. And this week he had two full weeks of training. So, And you can clearly see the evolution. And we were excited about him. And then they, they just, the people in charge just can't stay out of the way. Every, every week there's something now. And again, whether or not this is happening, and this is true, and this is real or not, it, it just proves that the people in charge are not exactly qualified to do this job as well as they could. And there's that's why I hate politics. I don't like talking about politics. I don't 
get involved in it because it takes over everything. And egos and politics, they always, always, always take precedent to everything. And they can't just let the, the, the players shine and, and the coach try to fix the team that the, the people in charge ruined it. Um, so it's just sad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just hope that it's, it gets solved soon. I want to believe there's nothing wrong, but there's pretty good um, evidence to the contrary. I just hope it gets solved soon. Yep. And, um, honestly, yeah, and I, 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 I can I, tell it's like painful for you to talk about. Um, this is like, uh, yeah, I don't want to be talking about it yeah. because I, I wish I could be talking about the A bar game. That's an exciting game to me. A bar is not a very good team. So it's a chance for us to really, to, we're playing at home. So it's a chance for us to really stamp our authority and make a statement. Hey, there's a champions league game next week. And then they'll classical. This is how good we look now. This is all I wanted to think about, but I can't because people are ruining Barcelona from from inside, and that's that's as like when we were really good, it was people from the outside trying to ruin Barca. When Pep Guardiola was the coach and we were winning everything, people tried to make all sort of stuff up. There was the doping, quote unquote, scandal that never came close to being a scandal. There was there was so so much being talked about but always from the outside nothing was being done inside to ruin it and now it's being done inside it's imploding instead of exploding and now the haters are not on twitter the haters are inside the cup no doors doing everything they possibly can to ruin the club that i grew up loving and that's really sad and I just wish, and I just wish this to be over as soon as possible. Yeah, um, we're gonna move on, but you know, uh, Luis wrote a pretty good article, kind of summarizing some of the evidence that's out there yeah, for this on done, the website. He's done a fabulous job with that. Yeah, so check out barcelonaonest.com for continuing coverage about this. Um, Messi came out and explained him uh, his his you know response to Abidal and the whole Instagram thing. Um, we'll just read it off real quick. He said, "Quote: I don't know what went through his head to say that, but I responded because I felt I was being attacked. I felt he was attacking the players, and there are already too many coach too many things said about this dressing room, how we control everything, that we decide which coaches come and go, that we bring in certain players, and most of this is aimed at me, like I have the power." Um, and make decisions. So it bothers me that someone at the club, a director of football, puts the players in the middle of the firing line when a coach has been sacked. It was crazy. The director of football is the one who makes the decisions and should just do his job. That's why I came out to clear things. I could not allow a director of football to attack me in this way. Uh, this is like the most honest thing I've heard Messi say like ever. <laughs> just like that first paragraph uh, just really felt like he was kind of bearing his heart. Uh, and that that's a... Uh, it was interesting to read this. It felt like we were kind of, this was like an unfiltered look inside how Messi was hurt by this. Yeah. And we discussed this last week, obviously. Yeah. And like everything we talked about from Messi's perspective is exactly what he said. Yeah. This is literally like exactly how you explained he felt. And he came out and perfectly, he perfectly said it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I still think it's wrong that he's saying this again. 
because again, this should be kept in house, but he was asked the question and Messi is an honest guy and he's going to answer the question that is asked of him. He doesn't run away from any questions. That's who he is, especially now that he's talking a lot more than he ever has. Um, someone ask him, ask him a question, he's going to answer it. And, and, um, he, I think he did the right thing to explain himself. I wish he hadn't, but he did. And um, his perspective is completely understandable. Um, I, I, like I said, I understand your perspective, which you uh, laid out last week, that it, there's still an employer-employee relationship here. But uh, Messi is too big of an employee to just ignore what he thinks and to attack him publicly like Abidal did, especially because, like I said, there were former teammates who went through a lot together, and Abidal should have known how a dressing room works and how if you attack the dressing room, it's really, really, really bad, especially if you do it publicly. Yeah. And, and when you talk about Valverde, which strikes a nerve with Messi every time, you're going to get the response you got. Yeah, I, I think that the part about this second quote that resonated with me was the first paragraph where it felt like he wasn't necessarily like um, lashing out. He was just like, you guys make it seem like I have all this power and control that I say who comes and goes. Um, that was just that was really interesting to hear, because I think, you know, as you know, we cover Barcelona and a lot of those quote unquote reports are like Messi wants this Messi wants that. Um, and it was it was refreshing to kind of see him just be like, you guys think I have all this control, and it's like, that's not how this works. Yeah, Messi wanted Neymar. Barca signed Griezmann. That should tell you everything right there. Yep. And Messi doesn't like Griezmann because Griezmann made a joke out of Barcelona uh, less than a year ago, uh, or two years ago, actually, when he did that, that a year and a half ago, when he, he did this the LeBron James-style special to say he was not coming to South Beach. Um, <laughs> and um, and he made a mockery out of Barca in a documentary produced by Jared Piquet, which I recently remembered and is absurd. Um, but Lionel Messi, as a leader of the, the dressing room, a guy who really cares about the club and the team, he didn't want Antoine Griezmann there. But that's not who. But that's who Barca signed, even though he wanted Neymar to come back. And people are like, yeah, but Neymar doesn't respect Barca. Look at what he did when he left. What did Griezmann do a year and a half ago? Isn't that as bad as 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 Neymar? Probably not, because Neymar actually paid, quote unquote, paid out of his pocket to leave Barca. And Griezmann just said he didn't want to come in a very public way. But still, both disrespected the club. But because Messi had a had a great relationship with Neymar and knows the success that both of them have together, are capable of having together for sure, he wanted Neymar back. Barca signed Antoine Griezmann for a very similar amount of money that it would have cost to sign Neymar back. So it just it, it just shows that Messi is kind of writing what he's saying. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I think I think we can actually talk about football now. So something positive that I did want to talk about uh, that you that you briefly mentioned earlier, um, 
Antoine, so I like a, this controversies that have been happening at Barcelona for the last month and a half have distracted from the pitch. Uh, there's obviously a lot of injuries happening, uh, but I did want to hear your thoughts on because one of the earlier things we talked about this season was Antoine Griezmann. And, you know, in the first couple months, he was having a little bit of trouble adjusting to playing with Messi. He was still putting in a lot of effort and work on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I think one of the, the bright spots of this controversially weird injury laden Barcelona season has been the development of Antoine Griezmann at Barcelona. And I think, you know, due to the drama and the injuries, it hasn't gotten as much coverage, but um, it's nice to see a player that Barcelona paid this much money for actually pan out. Yeah, I think it's been very good um, um, lately. And when you look at the whole season has been, has been pretty solid. I think, I think the thing that impresses me the most, not really impresses me because I already knew it about him because I watched a lot of Atletico Madrid because I watch a lot of football because it's my job. So um, I knew how hard he works off the ball and that you need a guy like that in this Barcelona team because if you play with Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi is not going to work a lot harder off the ball. so you have to do that yourself. And Griezmann someone who's willing to do that. And most importantly, if, if you can see it on the pitch, you, it's definitely clear outside of it. Griezmann is not trying to uh, show that he's the, the guy and he's, he knows where he is. He knew that the, the dressing room wasn't exactly welcome him, welcoming to him because of of what he did a year and a half ago. So he knew he had to, to tread lightly and he knew that he had to know his place and that he would have to earn respect from the squad because he's a very expensive signing who didn't want to come to Barcelona uh, 12 months before he signed. So he knew that it would be an uphill battle for him to earn the trust, the respect, especially from Lionel Messi, because I'm making a lot of um, um, comparisons to American sports today. Here's another one. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, is famous, the Green Bay Packers quarterback, for not trusting his young receivers a lot because he's a very timing uh, quarterback. All his throws are on on point um, and he throws it to spots not to players. So he has to have an understanding with his receivers that his receivers are going to be on the right spot and that Aaron expects them to be at that spot. So that's why he likes to have more experienced receivers and he likes to work with his receivers for three or four years before he starts throwing at them often. Uh, that's Messi. Messi has to develop a, a very good relationship and understanding with players because he sees the game completely differently. He positions himself differently and other people have to work off of that. And until they develop that chemistry and that relationship on the pitch, then you start to see Messi uh, literally passing the ball to them. And we're seeing that. You saw the assist Messi gave Griezmann in the Hitafe game. That only happens because they are they have developed a, a level of relationship and chemistry. And that's why you're seeing Griezmann improve because Messi trusts him more. 
and then he's giving him the ball more, and Grinsmith is being more effective with the ball, and he's been very effective without the ball all season. So now we're starting to see that development. It takes time. It's really hard to play with Messi. Um, At the the same time that it's very easy to play with Messi because he solves everything himself sometimes, and you don't need to do anything. You just sit, sit and watch. But if you're his teammate, you need sometimes to adjust and adapt. And it took Griezmann time, but I think they develop a little bit of a relationship in chemistry now. And we're starting to see the results. And if Kike is able to create a good environment around those two, um, and Luis Suarez comes back for the last month of the season, which is possible, then we could see a very lethal front three. And maybe if we're alive on all competitions, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I did just want to talk about that because, you know, it has been so kind of a downtrodden last couple of weeks of news. So something positive. Uh, there is Barcelona football taking place this weekend. Uh, this is um, an Ibar match on Saturday. Then, like we talked about, they have the Champions League match on Tuesday. Um, so this is the last time we're going to talk before both of those matches. So um, which do, do you want to talk about both or just one or what do you think? Well, let's do both. All right. I think the A-bar one is quick because A-bar are not a very good team and Barcelona should be beating them comfortably, especially because A-bar have one win on the road. Um, and Barca are the best team in La Liga, I can't know. Um, Barca have won every match except El Clasico at home, which they drew, so Barca haven't lost at home. They, are, they have the best attack by far. And I really want to see Barca scoring a lot of goals in this one because under Kike, they've only scored three goals once, which was against Betis. All the other games, they haven't scored more than uh, more than two goals, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's a match in there where Barca scored more than three. Might have been a Copa del Rey match. I'm checking it as we speak. But overall, the attack hasn't exactly been... Uh, superb under Kike. We're creating more chances, but we're not converting them. Yes, there was a 5-0 against Leganes, but that was in the Copa del Rey. Um, but that was the only time Barca scored more than 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 three goals, and they've scored uh, other than that, they've scored three goals only once, which was against Betis. So it's been a little bit of a grind under Kike to score a goal. So I want to see Barca be able to have kind of a 4-0, 5-1, easy win, very comfortable, able to rest some players for Napoli because Abar is not a very good team. They were a very good team for a lot of time. They have been for the last four or five seasons a really solid team. They're not this season. They have a very good chance of being relegated. So this is not Barcelona Abar of old where you knew you were in for a tough match. This, this is different. Barca have to dominate, play well, and win big because it's a huge week in front of them after this match, and they need some confidence uh, uh, from the A-Bar game. Certainly. Uh, so then after that, uh, Barcelona will travel to Napoli, to the Stadium San Paolo, to play the first leg of their Champions League matchup against Napoli. Uh, this match kicks off at, I think, 3 Eastern time. You can watch it on you know BR Live, all that stuff. Um, this is... You know, this match, they do have a little bit of time between this match and the second leg, which is at the Camp Nou on March 18th. Uh, 
I think this matchup is going to be like, I think for the casual Barcelona fan, they see Napoli and they're not all that worried. Uh, Napoli, even though they're in kind of a weird form in Serie A right now, aren't a team that you can really just kind of lay down against. Uh, and you would hope that Barcelona are able to come into this match with a little bit of rest um, over the weekend. And like you said, in the Ibar match, hopefully they're able to take care of business without uh, without overspending themselves and come into this match with a little more rest. Yeah, I think Napoli are actually very good. And it would be a mistake for Barca to underestimate them. That's the danger with um, reacting to the Champions League draw for the round of 16 instantly when it happens because it happens in December and the matches are only played in February and March. So if you judge Napoli in December, this was a walk in the park because Napoli were horrible in December because Carlo Ancelotti... Uh, and his team just, for some reason, just couldn't work anymore as well as they did in his first season. And even though they qualified in the Champions League, they just couldn't, couldn't do it in Serie A. And he, they were a really bad defensive team. And they were just completely out of sorts. There were a lot of injuries. So if Barca Napoli happened in January, for example, Barca would easily qualify. Since then, under Gennaro Gattuso, Napoli are much, much better. They're much more solid defensively. They've changed formations. They're back to the the personnel and the formation they used under Maurizio Sarri, which is when they became one of the best teams in the world, really, for two years under Sarri. And they're not as flashy or exciting or really as good as they were under Sarri, but just being back with a formation they're comfortable with, um, people like Dries Martins and Lorenzo Insigne have found they, their form again. They're playing really well together. They made some really good business in January to improve the midfield. Fabian Reis is back from injury and playing out of his mind right now. So Napoli are much, much better than they were two months ago. And if Barca don't play well, they might lose the first leg and then it's three weeks of really nervous build-up uh, for the second game uh, at Camp Nou. But I I, I do think uh, um, Kike's teams are much better on the road than Valverde's teams. We were horrible on the road under Valverde. Either Champions League or La Liga or Copa del Rey, we just weren't a very good football team at all on the road. I think we've seen more progress under Kike on the road. Um, and I hope I'm hoping for for a good performance away from home. We have to get a couple away goals there just to be just just to be safe. But uh, but it's anyone expecting an easy match because they they thought at the time of the draw that this was an easy draw. Then they just didn't watch Napoli for the last two months and think they they're still the same team. They're not, and this is going to be tough. Yep. So uh, Napoli have won five out of their last six, including beating Inter Milan and Juventus. Uh, they have looked much better as of late. Like you said, if you just go and look at their table, like I think they're sitting ninth in Serie A right now, but things have certainly changed since Ancelotti has left. Um, do you have any more thoughts on this match? Because I, th- I think the next time we talk, uh, we will recap the Champions League match against Napoli and preview El Clasico, which is which is just wild. Yeah, it's going to be fun. No, I'm really looking forward to the match. I always love Champions League nights. 
Um, this week was wild in the Champions League. Um, four really good games. Um, not really good if you look at Atleti Liverpool, which was a little bit boring um, um, in, in terms of action, but, but was fascinating in terms of strategy from Simeone against Klopp. Um, but the other three games were really, really, really good. Leipzig were awesome to watch. Atalanta, I'm in love with Atalanta. What a team. Uh, so this has been a really good round of 16 so far. And I think, you know, we've got Real Madrid, Manchester City next week, as well as Barcelona. Um, so there's Barton Munich, I think, too. So it's gonna, it, it's been, it's been good so far, and I, I'm hoping that Barca and Napoli continue the trend of really good Champions League matches because it's always fun to watch. Yeah. So next week is the Chelsea, Bayern, Napoli, Barcelona on Tuesday, and then Wednesday is Lyon, Juventus, and then Real Madrid, Manchester City. So action-packed week. Hopefully, uh, the Barcelona match is just simple, and uh, it's not the most interesting uh, thing that happens, but uh, we will talk to you all next week. Be sure to continue to check out the coverage of Barca Gate as well as the actual football being played at BarcaBlogarnas.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you like to listen to things on, and we will talk to you all next week. Thanks, Renato. Thank you.